This podcast is not intended to provide any investment advice. The opinions expressed here by either the hosts or guests do not necessarily reflect the views of PSA, Collectors Holdings, or any of their affiliates. Any discussion of collectible values in the past or present is not a guarantee of future performance. Hey everyone, it's Ryan Green here, and today we are back with another installment of guest submissions here on the PSA pod. As you might know, guest submissions features in-depth hobby conversations. We will be welcoming a variety of guests into our studio from prominent expert leaders within the collector's family to respected hobby voices and personalities across all genres. The goal as always is to inform and entertain from several different angles, whether it's discussing product developments and enhancements that improve PSA customer experiences, or just simply talking shop and collecting from different perspectives. Collectors of all levels and experiences will enjoy what lies ahead. Today's guest, a show regular, joining us once again with a lot to dive into. It's PSA president, Ryan Hogue. Ryan, we've got so much to talk about on the PSA front, but it's tradition. What's new with you on the collecting front? What do you got for us? You've always got cool stuff to bring to the table. Yeah, I don't I don't know if this is cool, but this is uh this is kind of fun fun stories to tell. So yesterday I actually picked up a couple of um autographed items that I had dropped off for authentication and grading um a couple months back. And so as I as I had mentioned before on a previous podcast, I my family and I recently relocated down here to to Southern California this summer. And so I'm kind of slowly going through the process of unboxing lots of things. I happened to find a folder from my childhood that had lots of autographed items in there. And two of the items that I found were real, were from the same event, um, both personalized to me, so to Ryan. One is a program for uh, a golf tournament in Maui, the Ka- uh, Kapalua Pro-Am Invitational. It was from November 1987, and it was signed by Jack Nicholas. Oh, wow. Um, and my dad actually was... Uh, he was he was working for a company at the time and got to participate in the amateur like part and my mom went out with them and so they they got to go and i've heard lots of stories about this trip i was a little kid i stayed home i think my grandparents came and watched me um but so i had that program signed uh to ryan best wishes jack nicholas uh so that was one was able to get that thing encapsulated too it fit in i think it it was it was big enough that it went in one of our type one photo holders Oh, nice so that's pretty cool so that has a a a spot on my my bookshelf at home nice display piece and then the other one from that event was a was kind of a cut signature it was on a on kind of a name card that you would have like a piece of cardboard like reserved for so-and-so at the restaurant but it was actually at the same hotel same tournament um, but this one also personalized to me, but it was signed by Huey Lewis huh. and then Johnny Lee, who n- most people don't know Johnny Lee. He was another singer, more of a one hit wonder. But back in 87, he had a really popular song called Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places. Um, also personalized to me, got that thing encapsulated. I think it went in one of our check holders because it's about okay. that size. Um, both kind of fun. And I sent, I sent a photo of these to my dad. Uh, yesterday when I when I picked him up and he had no idea I still had those things. So <laughs> it brought back some good memories for him and my mom. So only Huey Lewis, not the news. Uh, not the news. It was just Huey. Okay. Huey was out there. Still pretty cool. Very cool. <laughs> so those those are fun. So not 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 the most valuable or anything like that, but a fun story, really good memory for me and my my family. That's awesome. Yeah. In terms of sentimental value, you can't you can't put a price. Yeah, on totally. Now they're and now they're encapsulated and protected. So cool. Yeah. Well we always want to talk about what's happening here at PSA, and there's been a lot um, in this past month, month and a half. And we're going to start by talking about one of the most exciting product updates that 
we've uh, rolled out here in, in a while. So it's a new feature that gives customers the ability to determine where each card in their individual orders is headed to once it finishes the authentication and grading process. So you can send cards either back to you, you can send them to the PSA vault, you can send them to be listed in the next available golden weekly auction card by card in each order. And we've gotten really positive feedback on this so far, giving customers and collectors that kind of flexibility to maneuver. So let's talk a little bit about the motivation behind putting this, uh, this update together and, and, and what kind of drove this. Yeah, yeah, no, we've had it. We've had it live now for a few weeks. Um, early reaction from customers has been great. Um, I think they really appreciate the the level of control that we're giving them now in the experience. And look, we we launched the PSA Vault um, in, in July of 2022, so it's been a little over a year. Um, we we wanted to have this capability when we went out the gate. We just couldn't get it built in time and and, ha- and have the right product experience around it. So it took us a little bit longer to get get it built, but. Um, we always knew that the right thing to do for customers, and, and oftentimes when you're making a decision about what do I want to do with this thing, it's after you see your grades. So now you have that moment. It's like, oh, wow, I just hit a PSA 10 on this, and maybe that's great. That's what I wanted to upgrade my set registry. Or, hey, woo, I just, I just made a bunch of money potentially on paper here. I'm going to go ahead and sell this thing and recoup some funds so I can go buy another box of cards or I can go you know, submit more cards for grading or go pick up that grail piece. And so I think just giving that item by item level control post grade too, because before you had to make the election, uh, before you even submitted, not only was it on an entire order level, but you had to do it before you even knew what your grades were that you had to commit to to send it to the vault. So now you've got that control, and it, and we're trying to just make it the the fastest path to liquidity, um, so that you can move on and keep doing what you want to do in your collecting journey. So with this uh, change to the product experience. There's been a shakeup with our My Orders page when you go to the website within the app. Um, you know, customers have had some questions so far as they're getting used to this, but basically, grades are available earlier now. That's the that's yeah. the big headline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We because we didn't want to add more time to the grading process, like how long your cards are here. We wanted to give people time to make a decision. What do you want to do with them? So by showing the grades earlier. Um, you know, on on the value and kind of bulk service levels, that gives you a three, four, maybe even five days, just depending on how things are going. Um, time to make a decision around what you want to do. Now, if you if you have a higher uh, service level order, let's say a Super Express, that's a five day type turnaround, you're not going to have five days to decide. You you might have a day, um, but at least you have a little bit more of that buffer to decide what's happening with your cards before they automatically, you know, either go to the vault or or, or get shipped back to you at home. But yeah, the the experience and the in the user the UX around it and what you see on the website or the mobile app is shifted a little bit. But for the most part, it's it's the exact same steps in our grading process are being followed. The only additional step that we actually introduce from an operations perspective is at the very end, right before things get shipped, where we reconcile uh, on an order by order level and look at every item, what's going to the vault versus what is going to your house, and that and that's it. Otherwise, all the same steps from a quality control perspective are being followed. So are there any other changes at least you can tease to or talk to that are coming based on customer feedback to this point in the few weeks since the launch? Yeah, yeah. One of the things that, that's, that's gotten highlighted with this change and, and something we've been aware of for a while is one of our top issues that we have when customers reach out to us via, via social or via email or, or calling into our customer support team 
is wanting to know the status of an order. We advertise turnaround times, estimated turnaround times on a business day fashion. So that means, you know, uh, a lot of people don't know, like when we're at the national and we're doing on-site grading, um, those actually count. We take those out as working business days because a lot of the core operations team is not at HQ to process orders. Um, Labor Day, 4th of July, those are holidays. They, they don't count as business days because we're not working on those days. And so oftentimes people have a hard time figuring out, wait, when is the estimated finish date for, the, for this order? Uh, when is it? Is it over? Are, we, are they running ahead? Are they behind? So one of the things that we're going to do is actually put right in the My Orders experience for orders that are in progress, you'll be able to see an estimated completion date. Um, now, it's an estimate, but at least that, that knows the parameters on what we're working with internally once that order has been fully received by us and it starts its journey through grading. That's big. Yeah. It, it, it should, it, it's, it's empowering for people. Um, we're hoping it, it cuts down the need for people to have to reach out to our customer service team, obviously, to get answers to those questions. But I think it's the right thing to do just so that it's really cut and dry and it's, and it's easy for you to see at a glance. Like, when should this thing likely be finished? Another uh, another big announcement we had recently was continued international expansion. You've been on this show before and talked about the importance of international expansion for PSA. We just recently launched the full operation in Japan. And now, further north in, in North America, north of the border, we have our first official PSA submission center in Canada. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really exciting. We announced that, uh, that um, this month in September. And we look, we, we have a lot of customers in Canada. We've been doing business in Canada for years. We've worked with, with uh, some close partners. Um, but this is our first step on hiring, you know, a full-time employee in a team that's, that's under, under PSA. We have, we have an office location there. Um, and it's, it's a signal of our further commitment to that country and that market, um, that we want to continue to develop relationships and provide a great customer experience. So customers to clarify can still send their own cards to Southern California or HQ yep. from Canada, but speak to the benefits of either dropping off or shipping to our submission center as opposed to that with this now up and running. Yeah, I, I, I think if, if folks are comfortable submitting directly to the U.S. and in, in navigating customs, continue to do so. This isn't necessarily needing you to change that process, but if you don't want to maybe hassle with that or you haven't figured it out or you found it challenging in the past, you can submit your cards directly to our submission center, which is in uh, Nova Scotia. And um, our team there will organize your order, get it sent to California. It will get processed and then it will go back to, to there and then they will work on distributing it back to you. And then we'll also be able to have this, uh, that, that team work with customers at shows that we're going to be at in Canada. And, and in fact, we can probably talk a little bit more about the uh, Toronto Sports Expo that yeah. we also announced that we're going to be at. And a pretty big, uh, pretty significant uh, feature there from PSA, something we're doing for the first time in company history outside of the U.S. Yeah, yeah. We are going to be doing on-site grading. This uh, pretty much the same scale that we, we did in Chicago at the National. We're going to be having a slightly smaller version of that in Toronto. Uh, and so all those Canadian customers and even maybe U.S. customers that drive across the border uh, for, that, for that event will be able to, to participate in on-site grading. Um, and we'll be taking drop-off submissions as well that we'll fulfill and, and kind of ship back once once we bring them back to the to the main office. Have you been to Toronto? I love Toronto. I've only been to Toronto once. I went to the 1993 World Series. Ah, when, good, good time to visit. Yeah, that was uh, the the Joe Carter Game Six walk-off homer. I was at 
that oh. game. That was my one and only World Series game. I'm you saved game. the ticket, right? Yeah, yeah. And I have them. Okay, I have, good. I have my. I have two. I have two ticket subs. I have my dad's and I have mine. That's awesome. <laughs> it's uh, no. This is uh, this is really exciting. It's it's a great market up there, and and you know, is there anything else in the pipeline right now in terms of international expansion? Where you're looking next? Uh, what's going on on that front? Yeah, yeah. Just to kind of recap where we are, just so that that folks are aware, we have. Um, so we we are doing grading, uh, have full blown grading operations in California, New Jersey, and Tokyo. We have official PSA submission centers in Shanghai, China, and now Canada. Um, we are looking to expand and have additional official submission centers uh, in other international markets next year. And so uh, no specific announcements to make. We, we currently work with partners throughout Europe. We have a brick and mortar location with David Adams in the Netherlands that we launched earlier this year that's doing very well for us. Yeah, it's very exciting. I'm going to be doing some traveling, meeting, <laughs> meeting some people and getting, getting to know those markets and customers even better. What else is uh, coming up uh, that customers can look forward to that maybe you want to tease or, or discuss here? Yeah, well, there's one, there's one pretty exciting thing that's, that's going to be coming uh, live in, in the next few months. I don't want to share a specific date because I think you know, it's going to be quality driven. We're going to make sure the product experience is right. But we've been working really hard on revamping the overall online submission experience, uh, both for kind of your desktop browser as well as on mobile to make it even easier for customers to submit cards um, to us. Some examples of features that will be in this is when you're typing in a card uh, in the browser, we'll actually pull forward a thumbnail so you can do a visual comparison to say, yeah, that's the exact variant or, or card that I'm trying to input. And then even on mobile, being able to create a mobile submission by taking a photo of the card. Um, so we're excited about that. We're looking at capabilities like having integrated shipping labels, so making it easier for you so that you don't have to go pay for additional postage and shipping and, and, and do it on your own. It can just be integrated into our experience. We can pass along some of the savings and discounts we get because of the volume that we do so that you can have that inbound lab label to make it easier to get your items to us in, uh, in California. Easier than ever. And that's, and that's one thing that I, I think we've learned, especially first-time submitters, making that process as easy as possible. Uh, just making that first experience as smooth as possible. Yeah, yeah. I was actually just reviewing this recently with with some of our leadership team as far as um, you know core priorities or, or themes for 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 PSA this year and in, into next year. And one one of the main themes is making it easier to become a customer of PSA. And a lot of that is reducing friction in the experience. I think our international expansion plays into that. Get closer to the customer have experiences in, in, in their language, in their currency, with their shipping providers, being able to be at more shows so you can inter interface with, with our employees in person, um, reducing that fear or anxiety about shipping your item to us, mm -hmm. um, and having new technology experiences that lowers the barrier and makes it more, more approachable. Oh, before we go, it's almost October. We got to talk playoff baseball. Oh, man. Right? I oh, mean, man. Your two teams. I'm jonesing. Are it, neck and neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in the final <laughs> week. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of funny. I've told people this now. I'm now living in my third AL West city. <laughs> I just constantly bounce around from AL West. So I grew up in Dallas. So I'm a big Rangers fan. Um, you know, Nolan Ryan, the to Rafael Palmero, to Pudge Rodriguez, Juan Gonzalez, and even Will Clark. Like that whole era was was me. Um, and then and then I got way was on was on the bandwagon hardcore with with Josh Hamilton and Beltre and those those teams that had the two heartbreaking losses and then I moved to Seattle in 2006 and then went through that that um you know gap of 
of any semblance of a competitive team. <laughs> Got to see Ichiro, which was great. But then the last couple, my last couple of years there, we had, you know, Julio come on the scene and a lot of the young talent matured. And so I really became a, a pretty big Mariners fan as well. So yeah, I've got my two teams and, you know, we've got the, the hated Astros. Sorry, sorry, Astros fans. I, I work with a lot of Astro fans. Um, duking it out for whoever's going to win the division. And then likely, you know, all three of those teams are likely going to be in the playoffs depending on what Toronto does. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the next next week and a half is going to be really exciting. Do you like this three wild card, uh, wild card format? I do. Yeah, I, I do. do. I like that it gets more teams in, but I, I was at a game last week with my parents trying to explain to my mom how the wild card system works. I actually had to look it up because yeah. I'm so confused by it, but uh, the more the merrier. Yeah, no, I, I, I like it, and I like the new baseball rules this year. I feel like the games mm -hmm. have gotten a lot more interesting. I've been to probably more games in person this year than I have in many years in the past. Um, and it's fun to be able to go in and, and, and take in a whole game in under two and a half hours. Um, yeah, the pace of play and just even the offensive production this year has been awesome. Yeah. Um, and I'm amazed at how much base stealing there's been too. I think that pitch clock, the side effect has been you can't hold guys on and you can't mess mm -hmm. around with that. So that's why you got guys running wild out there. And guys setting records left and right. Yeah, like exactly. The, the, the first ever 25 home run, 50 steal season yeah. for a rookie and all these things. Yeah. But uh, no, it's, it's been a much more enjoyable fan experience. I went to a couple spring training games with the pitch clock in effect. I'm like, all right, this might be pretty good. And I'm in the same boat as you. I've been to more major league games this year than I have in probably the last 10. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's good stuff. And so I'm hoping, I'm hoping we have a really good finish to the regular season. And it sets up for an awesome October. Yeah. Can't wait. Well, maybe we'll have you back in October. But either uh, way, always happy to join. Either way, we'll have you back before the end of the year because uh, not only really exciting things happening right now, but in the coming months. Yep, for sure. So thank you to Ryan Hogue, PSA president, for joining us here uh, in the latest installment of guest submissions on the PSA pod. We'll be back next week with more. Thanks for tuning in.